0: If you want to be an artist, don't go to art school. Take business instead. Although the creativity is the most enjoyable aspect of my job, it's also a surprisingly small part of the day-to-day operations of running this business.
1: You're listening to Femcanic Garage, the podcast that features women in the automotive and motorsports industries, a community that elevates, empowers, and evolves by smashing stereotypes and breaking down barriers for women. I'm your host, Jamie Blossman. Buckle up for the ride, Fam Femmechanics, I want to hear from you and get your feedback. I want to know what you like or don't like about the podcast. You can leave a message by calling 614 2240. Again, it's 614 636 2240. Leave me a message and who knows? You might hear yourself on the podcast. Amanda Breezebois is in the driver's seat today. She is a custom painter that specializes in airbrushing helmets and motorcycles. She did not set out to be a custom painter. She graduated from art school with a BAA in illustration with the goal of becoming a freelance illustrator. She started with humble beginnings as she developed into a show-quality custom painter. Buckle up and enjoy the show. Hello, Femkinics. This is Jamie B. coming to you, and I have Amanda Brisebois in the driver's seat today. How are you doing tonight, Amanda? Doing great. So, the listeners heard your pre recorded bio. So, they got a little bit of your background. But let's dive into this a little bit because you're the owner of Black Widow Custom Paint and you focus on motorcycle helmets and motorcycles as a whole. We first got introduced because I put a post out there when this whole pandemic started about some frontline nurses and doctors needing masks, special grade masks. And you answered the call and said, I have some of those. I think my supplier has some of those. Let me check. And you proactively did that. And that was my first introduction with you because I posted it on Hillary's uh, group, Autobody Gals, and you came to the rescue with it. And thank you for that. That was really cool. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> All in a day's work, right? Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's start in the beginning and let's get to know Amanda a little bit. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't set out
0: to be a custom painter on motorcycles. Is that correct? That's exactly correct. Um, in fact, I wanted to, to be like a hotshot illustrator working in like uh, advertising in Toronto for these hip companies. But I didn't realize you needed to graduate with 20 years experience out of art school. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty tough to do right out of art school. Yeah.
1: So you shared a little bit in the pre-interview form about how you kind of stumbled upon that. So you went to school, you got your degree. Then what happened when you were all done?
0: I was uh, unemployed most of the time. I was working contract jobs where companies would just hire, you know, illustrators or graphic designers and just keep you for like three month stints. And it wasn't really paying the bills. And I was also working like part-time jobs just to keep, you know, the bills paid. And I remember while I was a student, my dad picked me up from school one day and he's like, you know what? I have a surprise for you. I'm like, Oh, great. <laughs> and he ends up dropping me off at this little shop in town and hands me this really cheap airbrush that was no more than like $25 I would say and he goes just go in and give it a try I'm like oh all right (laughs) and my only instructions were 25 psi and mixture paint ratio two to one and one to one like and he goes, I'll check on you in an hour. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's a total dad move. Yeah, he wouldn't let me come home until I tried it. Cause, you know, a little backstory I'm an avid motorcycle rider. I've been riding since I was like nine years old. So I was already painting with a paintbrush on my own motorcycle. So my dad's put two and two together. It's like, oh. So that's where that came from. Cause it wasn't just like out of the blue. But I kind of did it kicking and screaming. I wasn't a fan of it. And then I tried, finally figured out how the compressor worked and and this airbrush if anyone uses airbrushes they know gravity feed is best but this one was one of those cheap siphon feeds and I was using solvent paint and it was a plastic siphon hose so like every 20 minutes this thing is disintegrating into my air gun blocking my feed and it was like it's like there's got to be a better way like this is just garbage (laughs) so I was really like not into it at first (laughs) now amanda how old were you when this happened i
1: was 19 wow that's that's way cool yeah good for dad so he kind of saw this so this was your first day there and this was kind of at a, a small mom and pop shop that you were back in the corner just tinkering around
0: exactly it was just and it wasn't even like ventilated I didn't even have a proper mask. I was using like basically a drywall mask. I had no gloves, like nothing. Like completely like bare bones. <laughs> All right, and Dad, I, you failed there, my friend. <laughs> I know, he didn't even give me a mask. He's like, "Here's his airbrush. Have fun." I uh, I ended up with actually with a, a liver inflammation after a couple months because I was just so unaware with. Safety equipment. And it's ironic too because the shop didn't even tell me <laughs> like these are people who are washing their hands in reducer. <laughs> so it was just really, I got really sick. And that's when I started learning, okay, proper safety equipment. So then I started investing in like the 3M, you know, respirator masks and I wore like the best nitrile gloves. And after I got sick, because that's just no fun. <laughs> no, no. Did you actually have to go into the hospital? I did. I was like overnight? No, no, not overnight. Okay. It was just like, Hey, I think I'm like, I'm dying. Like there's something not right. And then they did all kinds of tests and they're like, yeah, your liver's damaged and I don't drink. So it was like, it, it was pretty gross. So they uh, set me up some fluids, some antibiotics and set me on my way. And that was it. I much better now. It's been, oh God, I'm 34 now. So it's, yeah, it's been a few years, but yeah, been totally clean now. <laughs>
1: careful (laughs) right 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 now how long did you do that there
0: I was there for maybe a summer just kind of like learning the basics and I learned as much as I could from that shop because they weren't a custom paint shop they were more like working on sport bikes and just more tuning than anything Um, they didn't have a proper spray booth so we uh, I ended up finding this other shop through uh, a friend of my my dad's and this Shop owner, uh, he ran a shop called Chromet, and he's his name is Roland. And this man became my shop dad. Like he and I are still extremely close as of today. And he was my my mentor, and really got me. Like he kind of got me started, and it just took off from there once I he took me under his wing. And he taught me. I actually didn't even paint for the first couple weeks or months there. He had me learning how to prep. That is such
1: a good message for these young women to hear, and anyone, because yeah. men and women listen to this podcast. But I hear that time and time again. I heard it from Connie Mangivinos, um, the owner of Girls Behind the Guns. She paints in a shop down in Florida, uh, Jensen Beach, Florida. And Hillary, the same thing. And we did a shop talk episode with... A uh, few of the women that have been on the show, and it was all about prepping. And that was what they kept saying is your paint job is only as good as your prepping. And they kept saying that you need to understand that part first. And, it, and it's not the sexy work, is it? No,
0: it's the messy, nitty gritty work that took me the longest to learn. Because prepping plastic versus metal even different types of plastic dealing with static and you know getting your proper ground bases on you want to you know work over sealer like it's 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 a different ball game and I I don't know how to explain it but it definitely improved my paint jobs because at the end of the day if you're just working over you know a piece of crap you're basically just painting on a piece of crap like it's not going to be any better it's like putting a dress on a pig Yes. Like your paint will not fill those scratches. <laughs> and that's what people think. Like, oh, that'll buff out. I'm like, no. <laughs> <You're> like, no. <laughs> so you
1: you spent a summer at using the twenty five dollar paint gun and ended up with liver problems <laughs> because of using a drywall mask. Yeah, you got educated. You improved from there, and then you went to this new
0: shop. How long were you at that new shop? I'd say two years. I was working with him, and in between that time, uh, he introduced me to Iwata. That because he saw that crappy gun, he's like, "Throw that away. You need one of these." And that's when I started like learning proper tools, and that was a game changer.
1: Oh, I so agree. Proper tools is such a game changer. And, you know, people will poke fun at me because, one, I love power tools. And I, I don't know why it's such a novelty for a woman to love power tools and tools. But it, it's no different in whatever your craft is. The tools make such such a big difference. I don't care if you're in the kitchen cooking. Your knives are important. Clear to your gun when you're painting. To your ratchets if you're working on mechanical stuff. It just makes the biggest difference. Exactly. Now, when you were there for, you said, two to three years then? Yeah. Like, I was working with him. Were you, like, an apprentice? Were you actually making money at that point? or?
0: Oh, God, no. I was just basically, he had some extra space in the shop. And he's like, you can come and hang out as long as you want. Just don't interrupt, like, you know, shop uh time because like that's like that's their business but if i had any questions he would come over and help me um i would get paid on commission projects so he was a real driving force in like trying to get me some commission work because you know when you're just starting out like you don't have any contacts so he was uh, instrumental in like getting me some confidence and working with actual clients like what it's like to deal with clients
1: now did you like do any of the pricing
0: No. (laughs) He would do
1: all that. So you got a front row seat and hearing
0: him go through some of that process or? Yes and no. Like, because he was working on cars a lot. So the first projects he had me doing Mm -hmm. was, uh, I'm really embarrassed to say this, Uh, I was painting toilet seat covers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You have to elaborate on that. Well, toilet seat. Who wants a custom
0: painted toilet seat? a lot of people really <laughs> like if if you paint a uh, go to like your hardware store and you buy just a blank toilet seat cover and you paint it Harley or you put Ferrari or you put any kind oh. of these people with their man caves mm <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't something that he was doing it was just like he thought he, he's such a clever guy he's like oh this would be kind of fun to do so he just had me starting on those and then he was you know i would make like you know 200 bucks on these things no kidding and, and i'm yeah. this is
1: purely just out of curiosity amanda if you use like uh you you paint the harley logo and stuff like that do you have to get permission or well, I you, we're
0: keeping the sun at the table. I'm not advertising on
1: a site. <laughs> no, that's
0: that's a good point. So yeah. things like that, because I, I
1: often wonder about stuff like that because it could only be beneficial for, it's like free advertising for them.
0: Yeah, they, you got to be a little bit careful. Like I paint a lot of Harley Davidson motorcycles now and <clears throat> I have to keep, you know, in line with their branding and stuff. I've never had an issue with, you know, copyright per se. Um, and even if so, if a client commissions me to paint, you know, a Harley decal on anything, I have a contract that basically indemnifies me from any claims pertaining to that. Because they would have to take on that risk. Exactly. So that makes sense. It's it's up to them to basically take responsibility if they're commissioning that from me. So I just kind of cover myself that way if there ever was an issue. <laughs> no, that's brilliant. The
1: So I, I want to take a step back a little bit. You were there for two to three years. He taught you a lot about prepping and actual painting. Um, But I'm curious what you learned from a business perspective, because not not to have a spoiler alert here, but your next step in your career was going out on your own. So there is a preparation and a preparedness
0: to go on around that. Is that where you learned a lot of that? Yes and no. He ended up moving on. He started doing uh, paint demos. So he closed down it. But what I learned from him was basically, you know, where to get supplies, like auto body supply shops. Uh, I was able to generate contacts through him, which kind of helped set me up with other shops where I can do my own clear coating and stuff. Because I didn't have a facility. Once he closed his shop, I was kind of like, okay, now what do I do? So I was painting my parents' garage. Um And the business kind of just kind of evolved on its own. I went to Sheridan first for art to go to art school, but I majored, like I really took a course in business just because I wanted to learn like not to be a starving artist. So I credit both of those. So a little bit of life experience from seeing how he did his business and then took what I learned at university and applied it to that. So that's when I learned how to write proper contracts um I learned about invoicing and just basically taxes and all that fun administrative stuff just through school and then when I branched out on my own it was now just trying to get the clients and that was where my motorcycle came in so people would just see my bike and they're like oh who did the paint and then it just kind of naturally evolved oh wow so at this point you
1: were how old when you started your company
0: uh, officially started Black Widow Custom Paint. I'd say I was 24, 25 when I graduated. And that's when I, you know, was still, I wasn't like doing a full time yet. It was like my side hustle, mm-hmm. but I was still operational under that name because uh, I was doing graphic design jobs on the side, working contract work and, and stuff. Almost a decade,
1: Amanda. Talk about staying power. That's a true testament to your quality of work. You know, you see a lot of companies come and go. And the fact that your company has been around for 10 years. And based on what I'm seeing, you seem to be growing and doing well
0: for yourself. Yeah, I mean, this, I think 2019 and 2020 has been, even though 2020 is still in the infant stages, like business has been booming. (laughs) Um, And it's mostly just From word of mouth and just being in the right places in the right time, generating proper contacts in the industry and being a rider as well helps because when there's like events or trade shows or anything to do with motorcycles, like I'm there mostly, you know, yes to promote my business, but I'm also, you know, enjoying it as a spectator as well because I just love this
1: culture. So I want to talk a little bit, kind of take a step back, and I want to talk a little bit about starting your business because there, there's a lot of people that are curious around that and beyond curious, scared, right? And here you are, you spent three years
0: doing that on the side. How did you maintain your, your living Uh, thankfully my husband had a full-time job (laughs) because if I had to do it as a single person with just my income, I don't think I would have taken it to the next step until much later, but I just hustled. I, uh, would be, you know, I do trade shows and that's where I would get 90% of my work is there's one giant motorcycle show in Toronto and it's the motorcycle super show. And I really invested in having a proper booth I wanted to look professional. You don't see any like, you know, flame fonts or anything. I put like my graphic design skill to use and my husband's also a really talented designer. So we kind of work together to create uh, a striking brand that is timeless and classy because that's essentially the kind of work that I wanted to put out. So when people were go around these trade shows and they see all these guys doing the exact same paint jobs, skulls and flames and all, then they come to my booth and I mean, I've got a, a burger helmet. At one point I had a Burberry motorcycle. I've You know, I bring like things that they don't expect to see and then it kind of shifts their thinking.
1: You know what I call that, Amanda? A woman's touch. Ah, uh. <laughs> No, it, it really is because it's a different perspective, right? Yeah. The fact that you are a female does make you unique because you bring a different perspective. It's you being you and who you are is already out of the box for those trade shows. Well,
0: I also didn't want to just be pigeonholed into skulls and flames. <laughs> yes. No, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. That's
1: way cool. And I'll tell all the listeners, if you have not visited Black Widow Custom Paint, you need to go check it out. I, I, I was blown away by your artwork. You impressed me by helping, you know, source a mask. And I'm like, wow, this is a cool lady doing this. And then I got curious and went in and checked out your Instagram page and your website. And I'm like, holy mackerel, Th- this girl is the real deal. Like, <laughs> it's, it's one thing to paint, but just the, just the custom paint part, that that's a whole nother level. Like, that, that was just amazing. Thanks. No, you're very welcome. And it's well deserved. So how did you start? What was the first thing you did? Like, okay, I'm going out. I'm going to start this. What did you do?
0: I started being more diligent in returning emails as quickly as possible. Um, I would visit a lot of other, you know, if there's a motorcycle event, I would go and participate in the ride just to get my motorcycle seen because I painted it. I switched it up as often as I could just to kind of keep my skill up and going. And then uh, it just all started with the more commissions I got and then more word of mouth, because I can honestly say I didn't have to take out any loans. I didn't open a, a shop or anything. I worked exclusively in my parents' uh, garage for the first bit. Uh, and then when I, my husband and I bought a house, the first thing I did was I built my own studio in my own property. And that's where I do all my work. I do rent out a spray booth at a local collision shop just so I have the bake cycles and I have like, you know, the proper downdraft because there's no way I'm clear coding where I'm prepping. <laughs> what did that feel like the first time that you,
1: you did your first job in your own studio? What was that like? It was great. The commute was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> was that like, did did you like pinch yourself? Was it like, man, this is real. This is really cool.
0: Well, I built it with the help of some people. So like I was like in there doing all the soffits and fascia and shimming my windows and putting up the framing and digging the conduit. So it was kind of like an arduous thing. (laughs) So like it wasn't, it was more, a lot of, it was more laborious. I was just glad it was done. I didn't really, I had to just jump in and just, and just go because I was commuting an hour just to my parents' place to, to work. And sometimes like, It was just brutal. So it was really sweet, you know, waking up and like, oh, there's my work. And thus started the hermit (laughs) phase.
1: Now, I'm just curious, why Black Widow? Why that name?
0: (laughs) Okay. There's a little funny story with that because I'm not a sinister, menacing person. I'm like the nerdiest painter rider you'll ever see like I take the badassery out of riding because you know but with Black Widow I was uh 15 years old and my dad and I have always been working on motorcycles since I was like a little kid and then he found me my first bike which is a little 440 Kawasaki LTD 1982 and we pulled it out of a barn and it was just this crusty disgusting decrepit motorcycle it's okay I'm 15 years old you have a year to restore this so you can get your license officially and Rodney's right 16, I'm like, oh, okay, sweet. And on the gas tank was this little black widow deckle. And I'm 15. I'm like, oh man, that's so rad. So then when it came time when I started painting, fast forward like four years, I'm 19, and my uh, my shop dad, Roland, is like, so what are we gonna call you when you start painting? And we're just kind of mulling with some ideas. And I'm like, well, I wanna be black widow. <laughs> And it just stuck. And then by the time I got established, it was too late to change it. So I'm like, well, I got to live with it. So when you Google Black Widow, you get Marvel Comics and Spiders. (laughs) And then I'm down there. (laughs) (laughs) What would you change it to if you could do it all over again? Oh, I actually haven't thought about it. (laughs) I just been it's now become like, you know, when you come name blind to it. Yeah, I totally get it. Yeah, I don't even think about it anymore. And plus my logo, my husband designed it. I think it's pretty freaking cool. So your
1: logo's way cool. Yeah. <laughs> he he did yeah, an amazing job on that. Yeah, he's super talented. I think I'll keep him. <laughs> you think you'll keep him? So you've been up and going for almost ten years now. And really your main form of advertising was word of mouth. Did you do any other advertising? I mean, you did the trade shows. And you participated in rides. But other than
0: those, that was about it. it sounds like just word of mouth advertising. And then Instagram became a thing. And then 2007, Facebook launched. So then I'm like, oh, all right. YouTube wasn't even around when I started. But uh, yeah, I just started doing um, Facebook posts. I created this little group like because they didn't have business pages back then. You had to create a group. So I would just invite all my rider friends and they'd invite their friends. And I would just post my artwork there. And then when Instagram launched, that's when it really became a game changer because then I didn't have to worry about like, you know, lengthy posts and all that. I can just do quick pictures and, you know, just get it up there and simple, easy peasy. And that's just, you know, people have short attention spans, I've noticed. So if they get like a striking image, then they're like likely to engage in that post. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Instagram is an ADHD dream. (laughs) And and I say that I I have ADHD. (laughs) And it's, it it is a a dream for folks who have ADHD, because you're right, it's all like visual and just very driven. And it's acceptable to have short
0: pointed posts. Exactly. And then people just kind of see what it's all about. And I don't have, you know, I don't even have my name attached. It's just Black Widow Custom Paint. Some people who just stumble upon it they still think I'm a I'm a guy <laughs> they're like so they'll email me for quotes like hey man how much does it cost for this or what do you guys charge for this so they think I'm this whole big shop but it's really just you're like my bro <laughs> <laughs> hey bro <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then when they meet me it's like where's the painter <laughs> <laughs> you're like uh, you see him like, looking behind around you <laughs> Oh, man, you want to see a man's sweat is when I'm coming at his bike with tools to take off his tins. So that's why I don't do that no more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, so, I'm, I'm chuckling because I'm, I'm seeing that thought, like that picture in my mind. And, you know, we, we talked a little bit before this, but you're pregnant right now. You have 20, 25 yeah. days to your due day. And I just imagine this pregnant Amanda walking out <laughs> I'm like that's that's awesome that is awesome well thanks
0: to the pandemic I don't really have to do that anymore they just leave the stuff on my porch and it's nice and easy contact free it's great it's (laughs) it's it's one of the perks and benefits from it oh yeah I haven't left my house since March (laughs) (laughs) you got everything you need exactly (laughs) so I'm
1: curious on a couple things um one question that I have for you is how
0: did you learn how to price out jobs ah just by basically making friends in industry and I would just blatantly ask them like what are you charging for this paint job because I want to be within the industry standard because if I were charging too low that hurts them right and then if I quote too high
1: that hurts me that is a brilliant take on that. I, I Yeah. <laughs> I honestly didn't I mean it's it seems like common sense, but when you put it that way, like it hurts them. One, it's thoughtful, but it's the industry as a whole, it hurts. You're lowering it the does. value of it.
0: Exactly. And then we'll never be able to get our, you know, prices up to standard because it's a lot of work and people mm-hmm. don't understand what really goes into it. Some people say, well, you painted my helmet, but only took you two days. Why should I pay you $500? But because it took me 10 years to learn to do it in two days.
1: Yeah. That's a (laughs) great way of putting it. Yeah. You're getting the quality paint job that you're getting because of my experience and that's what you're
0: paying for. Exactly. And it's not about how much the helmet costs because some people will come at me and like, well, I only paid $100 for the helmet. Why should I pay this? I'm like, Okay, you go to a a gallery and you're going to pay $30,000 for a piece of canvas with paint on it. How much do you think that costs?
1: (laughs) Right, right. At least you get to wear this and enjoy it. Exactly. Yep. No, that that makes perfect sense. The the other question that I had for you was, uh, I just mentioned a moment ago that you are pregnant. You are Mm -hmm. a painter. What thoughts went through your mind when... I guess one, you found out that you're pregnant. not that you were pregnant per se, but how or if that impacts you at all and what you're doing?
0: Well, we tried for five years to conceive this miracle baby. <laughs> so it was it was very much a welcome, planned, painfully expensive process. <laughs> uh, but uh, I knew going into it that my safety gear was the first and foremost most important thing. So I, it was funny because the bigger I got, I had to keep increasing my paint suit size. And again, I'm five foot two. So now I'm in an extra large paint suit meant for this seven foot man, <laughs> just, <laughs> just so I could zip it up. <laughs> I imagine your legs are like rolled up like crazy. Yes, uh, they are. And I have the, the proper ventilation and all that. So that was my first thought was, okay, I have to be very safe. And uh, so far I've had, you know, no issues health-wise because of my painting. And then secondly, it's, you know, I was thinking, okay, now how much time off can I take? And my husband and I talked about it and I'm just going to take eight weeks and then um, get back into it. So I'm going to stop mid-July, no, yeah, mid-July I'm going to stop and then I go back mid-September and he's going to take the 35 weeks. Did you say 35 weeks? Yes, in Canada he's eligible for 35 weeks paid paternity leave. Not full pay, but you get about 50% of your pay. Shut the front door. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah, Canada's great. <laughs> and I'm moving to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> did I mention free healthcare? <laughs> oh
1: boy. Wow. Mm. That's Now, did you have any
0: initial concerns about continuing to paint while being pregnant? Uh, Only that I was worried that I'd be tired or I would be just too ginormous or sickness. And you know what? I've had the easiest pregnancy in the world. I'm still heaving motorcycle parts back and forth like it's nothing. I'm able to work. Like Sometimes I forget I'm pregnant and only unless I'm polishing and I have to bend a certain way. I'm like, oh, I can't bend that far anymore. (laughs) But no, I've been very lucky. I appreciate your willingness to explore this with me because
1: I've received a lot of comments on Olivia Cook's interview because Olivia talks about being pregnant and preparing to be pregnant and she's a painter as well and mm-hmm. there's a lot of women they're like oh yeah you know I thought I, I would have to choose between my career and having children being in the automotive industry but specific to painting because of the chemicals, the chemicals, right. And there's, you know, some of them have been told, no, you can't. And, you know, I, I think this is an important topic to talk about, because to debunk some of the myths around it. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, well, first and foremost, the VOCs that I'm putting out in my studio, doing just artwork and airbrush is next to nothing. I crack a window, I have the vent open, and I don't smell anything. And I'm using solvents. But I'm still wearing my mask. It's a fresh air mask, um, all that. And as my doctor told me, as long as your skin isn't in contact with it and you don't physically smell it, it's fine. And I've had many blood tests and uh, they've been screening and all that stuff. And there's been not a single ounce of toxicity in my bloodstream. And see, the
1: you saying about the blood tests can debunk any of the hearsay or any of that. That's medical fact.
0: Yes, if you're careful, mind you, if you're, you know, now in an auto body shop, Mm -hmm. where you're probably tripling your exposure, I can't really say for that, because I am just one person in my own little studio, That's well ventilated. So it's just me producing, you know, the VOCs Where in a major body shop, I can't really say for sure how that would impact them as long as but my doctor says, as long as you're taking precautions, you're suited up, you're constantly wearing your respirator. And I change out my cartridges like every other day. Like mm-hmm. I'm always changing them out. So, you know, especially the particle filters and everything.
1: Yeah. And I think that the key thing here is, is that it can be done. One, do your homework, take all the precautions. And, and two, for Olivia's situation, she painted boats. Oh like my goodness. Like big catamaran <laughs> boats. So for her, she took the time off. And she took an office job while she was doing it. But I think the message here is, is that it's about educating yourself. And it really depends on your situation. And Mm -hmm. it may be it's not that you can't have children and be in this industry and your your particular craft. It may be that you just take a short break from it and then come back to it.
0: Exactly. And I've told my clients who are still emailing, looking for estimates and wanting to book with me. I'm like, I'm back mid-September. So if you want to reserve your spot, give me a deposit. And now I'm booking into like October, November.
1: That is
0: amazing. That
1: is absolutely amazing. What piece are you most proud of? My own bike. (laughs) What about it are you so proud of?
0: Just because it's quirky and it's it's mine so uh, I ride a dr 650 and we did it more graphic style geometric so it's a flat tank but I made it look like it's polygon it's got it's coming at you and I really enjoyed you know playing with illusions in that way and I paired it up with my most badass helmet and it's a fish head
1: <laughs> you're gonna have to provide pictures <laughs> So it's on my Instagram. <laughs> the the crappy thing about Instagram is sometimes I can't get those pictures. Like it, they're oh. like protected. So you, it may be something you have to email to me so that we can share with uh, the the listeners.
0: Absolutely. So I ride with a Bell Bullet, uh, and if you've ever seen that type of helmet, it just the shape of it from the side it looks like a fish. Like mm-hmm. it, there's it has the big side pods for where the visor connects. So I made that the eyes, and then I painted on the visor just some gnarly like funky teeth and some really fun colors and on the back it's cut in half so you have like a salmon steak looking at you from behind. <laughs> oh, wow, that's awesome. So it's just this really over cartoony helmet that people just they, they take a double take cuz it's the least badass thing but it's the coolest thing you're going to see on the road that day.
1: <laughs> and that's what it's about. Now, have you taken pictures of your booth? Just the presentation of the booth?
0: Yes. I have some of those on my, my feet as well. So I invested in a proper like, you know, tent with my branding. And then I, you know, it's it's spent the money and we got proper poster size prints of like some of my most current work. And just to keep it clean and classy, like there's you, you I tried to avoid bringing, like I say, skulls and flames. But sometimes like last year, I did this ginormous behemoth of a project and it was loaded like Demons and angels, so I it had some meaning to my client, but it was like a lot of work. I'm like, I have to put this in because this is like the biggest project I've done, and it, uh it worked out well.
1: <laughs> well, I tell
0: you what, man, I
1: don't know if you would be open to the idea, but it was supposed to be this year, but the pandemic has thrown a monkey wrench. In my plans for having the first annual, the kickoff of Femcanic Garage Car Show, where it's all women-owned features, uh, cars, trucks, motorcycles, in what I have asked some of my guests to do is each of them have kind of their craft. Some of them are welders. I don't know if you'd be open to designing one trophy for the winner of maybe the motorcycle paint job. Cool. I don't know if you'd be up for that where you can put your your logo and stuff on it and all the way from Canada and uh, <laughs> represent in the Femcanic Garage Car Show.
0: Yeah, for sure. I have some spare little gas tanks I can do up and uh, that could be uh, one of the trophies, I guess. <laughs> that, that would be way cool. I, I love
1: showcasing the women that are guests on the show. Uh, there's uh, the Iron Maid Welder. She does artwork, works a lot with welding and plasma cutting and stuff, and she's she's designing one and like Madison Irving down and she works with Connie Manchinos, uh is designing one. I always and not anything you have to do, but I like opening it up to showcasing the amazing talent of the women that I interview. That's amazing. Cool. Yeah, and getting some uh getting some love for my Canadian peeps. <laughs>
0: We're not all in igloos here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, right, 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 Well, I tell you what, Amanda, I think this is a great time to launch into the red line round. What it is, is it's just five rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answer to them. Whatever pops into your head is the right answer. Whew, I'm nervous.
0: <laughs> I'm terrible under pressure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready? Sure. <laughs> See, I need to get some, like, music added in here or something like, dun-dun-dun-dun. <laughs> really freaks really people out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amanda, who or what has been your inspiration throughout your journey in the industry?
0: Oh man, that's a good one. My inspiration would be just seeing people really happy with their paint jobs and getting that I guess you call it satisfaction out of your work. It just it's addictive when people are super happy with what you've done. Ooh.
1: That makes perfect sense to me because, you know, I, I love doing the podcast, but when the women get so excited for their, their episode to launch and get published, it's like the, their enthusiasm and excitement's infectious, you know? Yeah. Two, where do you go or what resources do you use when you want to learn something new or you get stuck on a job or project?
0: I hit up Instagram videos of people that I follow who are in the industry. And sometimes I'll get the most random inspiration by just looking at someone's paint job. And I'll see in the background, for example, just recently, and this is embarrassing to admit, this I discovered paper Dixie cups for mixing paint rather than using constantly jars. If you're just doing one-off colors. And I was like, that is so smart. And they're like, two dollars at the store. So I bought now I start using all these uh paper Dixie cups from a mixing. <laughs> like so Instagram I'd say is my best inspiration if I'm stuck on something.
1: I, I hear that a lot for painters where Instagram really helps them. Like the just the community and the network. Absolutely. What excites you most about what you
0: do, Amanda? Being my own boss and uh just Doing something that I can tolerate and actually love to do on a Monday morning. Now that is the dream, right? Yes. My husband's very jealous.
1: You're you're living the dream.
0: It wasn't always rainbows and sunshine, but where it is now, I'd say I'm at a pretty sweet spot in my career.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> you you definitely put in your work for it. It wasn't handed to you.
0: Only that $25 crappy airbrush was. <laughs> Do you still give your dad a hard time over that? No, we we sweep that under the rug because that (laughs) almost ended it.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Okay, Amanda, what is a personal habit or practice that has helped you significantly in the industry when you feel stuck? A Personal habit or practice? So if I'm stuck on a project, what do I do?
0: Yeah, and if you're feeling discouraged or frustrated... That's like a lot, but uh, you just push through it. I don't really let it get to me. I compartmentalize and at the end of the day, it's a job. I have to remember it's not life and death and uh, just try and figure out what the client wants. And usually, you know, the simplest jobs always end up to be the most complicated. So I uh, if I have questions or if I'm stuck, I try and bounce ideas off my husband or I have uh, my team who I recently started working with For bodywork stuff, I'll pass it on to them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And finally, what is your parting advice to other femme canics finding their way in the skilled trades industry? Or will we even go specific painting?
0: Well, everyone in your podcast have already said to never give up and basically to work hard at what you want, which is solid advice. So I'll also add to that: um, if you want to be an artist, don't go to art school. (laughs) Take business instead. Talk a little bit more about that. That's interesting. Although the creativity, you know, is the most enjoyable aspect of my job, it's, and the reason I do it, but it's also a surprisingly small part of the day-to-day operations of running this business. It's actually secondary. It's, I it takes me back to what Hillary said in her interview with you from Inked and Iron, and it's, I'm not, sometimes I'm just answering emails all day or phone calls. And I have to be customer service. I have to be, you know, the, the prepper. The I have to make sure my shop is clean every morning before every job. And it's just a lot and also a lot of administrative. I have to keep track of all my invoices, receipts and taxes and everything. So take my business course has really helped me with that, especially with contracts, because I try to avoid doing any project without a written contract with prices already discussed and agreed upon. So I don't end up in issues down the road where, you know, I have a client trying to negate uh, a a price. You know, I can't I could be like, well, no, we agreed on it. Here's your signature. And this is the consequences if you don't pay kind of thing. So business has been the most important part. If so, if you want to be an artist, take business.
1: That is sound advice. And it was not what I was expecting. (laughs) But it makes perfect sense to me. Amanda, (laughs) where and how can people connect with you and Black Widow Custom Painting?
0: Well, again, another shout out to Instagram. (laughs) Uh, You can find, I post like most of my daily work is on uh, Instagram at blackwidowcustompaint.com. You'll see a simplistic black spider that spells out Black Widow. Can't miss it. And it's also the same logo across the board for anything pertaining to my business um, on Facebook as well. Those are the two best platforms and you can reach my website as well at info at Black Widow Custom Paint. No, that's my email. (laughs) www.blackwidowcustompaint.com We got you. I got you. Amanda,
1: thank you so much for hopping on and being in the hot seat on the Femcanic Garage Podcast. I've really enjoyed our conversation and kind of pulling the curtain back and understanding your world a little better as a successful custom
0: painter. Thank you. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. I'm Amanda Brisebois, Black Widow Custom Paint, and I'm a Femcanic.
1: Emily Reeves is in the driver's seat next. She is a model and co-host with her husband on their very successful YouTube channel, Flying Sparks Garage. Emily shares how her journey led her to building a social media following from zero to over 105,000 Instagram followers and over 88,000 YouTube subscribers. Join me as Emily dives into her journey to 88,000 subscribers. Until next time, Femcanics. Thanks for listening to the Femcanic Garage Podcast. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Femcanic Garage. Check out our website, FemcanicGarage.com, for swag and the transcribes for each episode. If you want to help grow this community, do me a favor and subscribe, rate, review, and most importantly, share this podcast. Spread the word. This is Jamie B. signing off. Are you a femme